Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! It's time to go to sleep! Early to win. I won! I won the money! It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! All right, hour two here on the early line. Much to get to as uh, as a big night, not only uh, in college hoops, as we try and crown a couple more champions, get a couple of more automatic bids. Uh, of course, we get ready for Selection Sunday. ACC kicking off tonight with a couple of games. Everybody waiting for the Big Ten to start uh, tomorrow as they begin to devour themselves in Indianapolis. Uh, and Wisconsin, due to the tiebreakers, ended up getting themselves the number one seed. They've been coming on. That might very well be the most fun that we have seen in a tournament-style yeah. game in a long time. That whole, that whole conference is going to be fun to watch. A lot of teams there. A lot of, lot of high seeds in the Big Ten. So how do they do? Can they do? Will 10, will 11 of those teams right. uh, get in? It's going to be, there's a lot to be decided here over the next couple of days, next six days, in fact, as we get ready Sunday night for the selection committee to decide the fate of a lot of teams. Syracuse in the ACC, big bubble team, got to figure it out here. And, of course, we talked about the, you know, the Wake Forest, the North Carolina, the Pittsburghs, and the uh, Virginia Techs that are starting uh, the ACC tournament today, uh, the NIT, CTI, uh, you know, one of these uh, one of these lesser conferences, which is still they'll go. The only thing that won't go is North Carolina. Roy Williams is not about to go and win the NIT like that is just not going to happen. Um, he would rather just be like, "Yep, no, it's a it's an off year. We're good. We'll uh, we'll move on. Thanks for the invitation." Uh, but it's. It's going to start tonight, Dane, and it's going to start, I think, where all eyes are going to be on that Zags team and Zags and St. Mary's, a rematch of last year's championship for the Western Conference. Yep. And it's a, you know, at some point, you got to start looking at the St. Mary's team and going, St. Mary's, Virginia, these teams that play amazing defense and they are slow as molasses on offense. That works, guys. Yep. And it's going to work even more if they can manage to get past. Gonzaga and get into the tournament. St. Mary's is a dangerous team. Yeah, Real they win tonight. They steal an invite from somebody. Ooh. Time now for the Sports Grid News Update. The NBA, NHL, MLB, and MLS are all closing access to locker rooms and clubhouses to all non-essential personnel in response to the coronavirus crisis. The league's announced in a joint statement on Monday night. The league said they made the decision, quote, after consultation with infectious disease and public health experts. In the NBA last night, just three games, but we did get an epic double overtime game between the Charlotte Hornets and, yes, the Atlanta Hawks. 40 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists for Terry Rozier in the 143-138 loss. Trey Young on the other side, 31 points, 16 assists, 4 rebounds, 6 of 13 from 3-point range. Toronto got by Utah, 101-92, 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists for Pascal Siakam. And the Denver Nuggets 
got by the Milwaukee Bucks, who sent a B-Squad out there. None of their starters in the starting lineup. None of them played. Kyle Korver led the Bucks with 23 points, a 109-95 final therein. In the college ranks, St. Mary's is heading back to the WCC Finals on the back of a last-second shot from Jordan Ford. Final score over 14th-ranked BYU was 51-50. Now Gonzaga awaits in the Finals. Michael Conforto of the Mets is on his way back to New York to meet with the Mets medical director, Dr. David Alchek, after he tweaked his side while making a catch on Saturday. Willie Calhoun's fractured jaw did not need to be wired shut during Monday's surgery. This is all a result of taking a fastball to the face. A single plate was inserted. Francisco Lindor told Jason Lloyd of The Athletic that he and the Indians have suspended contract extension talks. He wants to focus on the season. And Red Sox interim manager Ron Renecki indicated that Ryan Weber could be pitching his way into the team's rotation this spring. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much here as uh, baseball just around the corner, of course, opening uh, opening day just a couple of weeks away. So uh, we'll get ready for that, uh, even uh, amid uh, fears of the coronavirus and the media not being able to uh, come within six feet of the player. It should be really interesting to see how this goes here, especially during a 162-game season. That uh, That is going to be very interesting, as well as the NBA. Watch uh, Madness. Gear up. For a possibility of, I, I think March Madness. Well, they'll get past March Madness, but by the time the playoffs come for the NBA, do not be surprised if there are games being held in arenas with nobody in them. Uh, and that that's going to be a very interesting handicap, shall we say? Yeah. LeBron's already come out and been like, "Listen, I ain't playing in an empty arena. Right? It ain't happening." So it'll be interesting to see who wins out in that battle. Um, time will tell, but I do think they'll at least get through March Madness if the panic doesn't go too crazy. Uh, I mean, they already canceled a tennis event out west um, in California. You know, one of the first things I'm going to ask Charles Michel when we have him next segment is about this Paris Saint-Germain Dortmund Champions League game that will be played with no fans. I mean, this thing has happened rapidly, Joe. I would actually not be surprised if a lot sooner than opening day of Major League Baseball, we are confronted in a serious way about, you know, games with no fans or cancellations or moving games. I mean, they canceled St. Patrick's Day Parade in Boston, for goodness sakes. South by Southwest, Coachella. There are universities around this country that are closing their doors. It is going to make for a very interesting handicap, Joe. What do you think generally? Unders if there's no fans and no juice in the building? I I don't know. I I have no idea. I I could... uh... I agree, because it could go the other way. It could be a total lack of interest on people and <laughs> yes. zero defense on any level played. So yeah. it could just, you know, there's when you're not playing with people around. No adrenaline. And fans, yeah, LeBron's already said he doesn't want to play with it. But, you know, yeah. hopefully cooler if heads If it happens, it happens. LeBron and yeah, everybody else we all will can't, play. Uh, we all can't hide in a shell here and uh, keep our fingers crossed uh, that, uh, oh, wow, that we don't get the flu, which I has been you, around man. longer than all of us. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's almost as if these leagues feel as if they don't have a choice but to do something and say something because everybody else is doing right. it and not because they're so afraid of, you know, the coronavirus, but more that, well, if we don't do nothing with it. The PR battle of it all. Does, 
yeah, we don't want to be the outlier. So it's more of a PR thing to me than it, like not allowing the media into the, well, give me a break. Like seriously, that, so that's it. But the fans coming to the ball. That's a half measure. That's a half right. measure, Joe. If a, we they went something. all the way, right? right. If they went right. all the way and said no fans and no media, then you'd have to right. be like, okay, this is yep. what they're doing. But like, to, to, to not expose you to the media, but the fans are okay. That That's a weird value judgment about who you care about more than others. That's weird to me. I think they got to go black or white, right? Like, either no, it's going to be okay. People just need to take care of themselves, whatever. Or shut it down. And the whole litigious society wherein yeah. there are a lot yeah. of these concerts and venues that yeah. don't want the liability of saying that, you know, somebody who worked there, right. we already had that happen on an XFL game where a guy, you know, flipping peanuts and handing out beers apparently had got yeah. it, but it's like, uh, okay, so go out and buy toilet paper for some reason, apparently. I'm not sure. I never really put that together either. Why was a run on toilet paper? But hey, <laughs> Um, you never know in case there's never any, I have no idea. How I that guess anybody it's time to stock but, up, okay. I guess. I don't or know. Here's the thing. Just wash your hands and keep in mind that 500 people versus 300 million, the ratio. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to get too much into this, right? Because this is a sports network. It is coming it, to the sports world, right? And it, it is, is a part it, it is, is a part of the handicap, especially if there's going to be no fans. Yeah. And the absolute worst time yeah. because of the fact that you've got the most watched, the single most watched games. You've got, you know, you've got players now who have played all year, fans who have paid all this money to support a team, and now could you imagine? Here's your playoff tickets. Sorry, you can't go though, right? Uh, because we're not allowing anybody in the building. I I imagine there's going to be a lot of fan bases who are going to be like, "You're kidding, right?" Like like with the all year long. And how much are those tickets again? Uh, hey, it's a yuck, very slippery yuck. slope, Joe. I oh, do think word. the one thing I'll say is you saw that that thing with the media, right? That the Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLS. They're all banning the media. What I will say is that I think all of these leagues should at least be with a unified voice. If there is a policy in yeah. the NBA, it should be the same in Major League Baseball, whatever it is. These yep. leagues, need the commissioners need to come together, yep. get whatever advice it is. But it's very weird to me, Joe, that the Pro Tennis Tour will cancel a match in California, yes. yet we got, we got Zag St. Mary's tonight. You know what I mean? So, like... I want to have a normed response that's consistent so we can yep. understand what we're dealing with here. Yeah, it's amazing that um, it, it almost has to be. So you can't be going to one without the right. other. Is there a you threat know, or not? <laughs> I'll know. be at this uh, Marlins-Yankees game uh, okay. tomorrow, and I cannot wait to see how the media is treated and, and what kind of access uh, yes. they truly have on the field prior know. to the game. It should be a lot of fun to see how that, uh, you know, as you're, as you're screaming from seven feet away, as you're trying to ask them questions. Yeah. In, in, <laughs> in Japanese baseball, they ban, right, the they ban cheering, down. you know, like, and they're playing in empty games. And, and those out there, they'd be banging the thunder sticks. They're nonstop out there, exactly. but you can't talk. It's, yep. it's very weird. It's very, it's, it's very strange. interesting. It really is. And to your point, if you do it for one, you do have to do it for, it for all, everybody. Guys. 
do it for everybody. And that even means the the tournament, uh, you know, too, that's getting ready to get started. Yeah. Selection Sunday, it's right around the corner. And then you've got locations now over the next three weeks. that are And you got everyone traveling across the country traveling. to get there. Exactly, yeah. Now would be the time to do it. I'm just saying, now would be the time to do it. Craziness. Absolute craziness. All right, well, uh, we'll dive into some of these uh, matchups here tonight. We got Charles Michelle around the corner, talk some Champions League soccer next on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So plenty happening in the uh, world of sports investing. Not only do you have, uh, of course, uh, the NBA, you got college hoops, you got March Madness, you got baseball starting. We'll have uh, it won't be too long before Stanley Cup playoffs, and then of course the NBA playoffs. But uh, we don't, uh, we should not forget about what's happening: Champions League, Premier League, uh, around the world, soccer, which seems to uh, play just about. Uh, Every month that there is, there's opportunities, big opportunities, in fact, uh, in the soccer world. And our buddy Charles Michel, we haven't talked to him in a while. Nobody covers uh, the soccer game from a betting perspective like Charles does. And uh, we'll get him on, get his thoughts on a couple of Champions League games that uh, are coming up. And what a shock. Tottenham uh, is one of them, uh, as well as uh, Dormund and uh, PSG. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, with the situation of what's going on with uh, Italy and soccer canceling its season, that's what I'm asking them. uh, It's a real interesting uh, time for those that uh, dive into soccer, Uh, the soccer players, uh, for instance, uh, around the world, how much does it affect them? And does anything go into handicapping those games that uh, right. that we should know about? So we'll and get Charles on. you may have seen on. also, Joe, uh, you know how LeBron came out, right, and was like, oh, right. if there ain't no fans, I ain't playing. Well, over the weekend, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo, and it gets no bigger than him, right? Yeah, that's correct. They played yeah. in, like, an empty, and he was out there, empty stadium. He went out, and- like, leaving the team bus, like, fake handshaking. There was no fans there. So let me tell you something. If Ronaldo can go out and do it, then LeBron can go out and do it as well. Absolutely. I well, <laughs> yeah. Some might argue that Ronaldo's just a little bit bigger than. Uh, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, a little bit bigger. I got to believe Ronaldo's got a little more weight. Uh, a little if it's more good enough for Ronaldo, has. and he's like, exactly. okay, this is real. We got to do what we're supposed to do. Then LeBron can fall in line also. Exactly. And uh, LeBron tonight too. Uh, Lakers are getting ready to take on Brooklyn. They'll let us know when uh, Charles is on, sure. uh, and we'll ask him into that. Um, but, um, listen, when you look at the NBA slate tonight too, Dane, yeah, the Western conference is getting real interesting. Dallas too, has got a uh, big matchup against San Antonio, uh, Portland still trying to hold on a game against Phoenix, the Clippers trying to bounce back against now the, uh, the golden state warriors. Does anybody know if Steph Curry is, is cause he had the flu, just a regular flu, by the way, though. So he was out. I don't know if he's still on. On the injury report, we'll talk about that coming up. But let's um, 
Let's bring in Charles Michel, our soccer guru, joining us here on the grid, the early line. And Charles, um, it's been an interesting couple of uh, couple of weeks here in the world of soccer, has it not? I would say so, Joe. And good morning, Joe and Dane, by the way. Um, but absolutely, it's uh, it's getting uh, quite crazy, to say the least. I would agree. Well, talk to us about where we are, first of all, in the Champions League. What's going on right now in soccer that betters need to know about? Um, we have the return legs coming up in the Champions League, but um, and I don't know if you're um, speaking of the uh, coronavirus and empty yeah. stadiums, but we do have the, um, the PSG-Dortmund um, match is the first official match to have a um, – behind closed doors, as they like to say. So um, I've watched a couple so far, and it's a, uh, it's a pretty crazy um, atmosphere um, to watch the players, and all you hear is them screaming out loud. So um, Wow. Um, huh. It definitely takes away the home field advantage, I think. So, um, so talk to me about uh, this, Charles, because not today, but tomorrow, I believe, we are going to have PSG against Dortmund, right? And they have already come out and said that this is going to be in front of no fans, right? Now – Correct me if I'm wrong, but but Dortmund won that first matchup two to one, so they already have the one goal lead on aggregate. How does the fact that there is no fans in the building? You just said you could hear the players talking to each other, but how does that affect you capping the game, Charles? Right? Does that mean you lean under? What do you think when you literally are going to be playing a world class matchup with no fans in the building? Yeah, I haven't seen that as far as the uh, the totals being affected and. Uh, we had a match in Italy yesterday, the Sassuolo match. They, we hit three goals in that one. So I, don't, I haven't seen it uh, affecting the, the totals much. Um, I, what I think is it would more affect the side, especially the home um, the home team getting the um, um, the friendly atmosphere. So um, I definitely think Dortmund are a good side to back in this uh, particular spot as well. So um, I think it more is a uh, it goes against the. And they're already up 2-1 on aggregate, right? So they can kind of just lay back, try and play a wall of defense, keep a 10 behind Mm. the ball, Uh, and play that way. I don't think that's how they're going to do Yeah, I don't think that's how they're going to do That's just not in their DNA. But but PSG is missing three or four key defenders, so they're going to be Mm. very, very – they're moving midfielders to the back line. So uh, they're going to have players out of position. So it definitely feeds right into Dortmund's hands. All right, so let's start with uh, today's matchup here. I know it's uh, Tottenham, and uh, I know you've got a a play on this game. So break it down for the viewers here. How are you approaching this game today at 4 o'clock? Absolutely. We have the Leipzig and Tottenham going off at 4 p.m. Eastern. This is the return leg. Leipzig got the uh, slim 0-1 victory uh, two weeks ago. You know my theory on those. Uh, Generally, the first legs, you they're a little bit tighter, um, back to side. You um, you really bank the unders on the first leg. Second leg, it, it generally gets a little more open, especially if it stayed under the first round. And especially with this Leipzig side, they come in undefeated in their last five Champions League. Um, in fact, they have not lost a, um, a home match since, um, since Lyon. This is back in October. They've also mm. scored 12 goals in their last five Champions League matches. Um, I apologize, 11 of their last seven Champions League matches. Um, but 
the only thing with Leipzig, they've been unable to keep a clean sheet. So um, every match in Champions League play, they've at least allowed one in, and then um, they're averaging about two goals per match. Um, Mourinho brings Tottenham to Germany, um, knowing that you know they got the one goal advantage. Um, away from home, um, Leipzig. So Mourinho knows that uh, he at least needs to score. Uh, he generally likes to park the bus, but um, he'll definitely want to park that as long as he can probably and then try to, to hit on the um, the counterattack. But at some point he's going to have to come out of that, and then Leipzig are definitely going to try to push the pace and put this one out. Plus Mourinho has had a hard time in Germany. He's lost seven of his last nine matches in Champions League play when making a trip to Germany. Uh, Tottenham have also um, been in poor form. They've lost three of their last five. Um, they've also been eliminated of, out of eight of the last ten tournaments in the knockout phase, and they conceded in nine of their last ten matches. Um, both teams to score is also cashed in nine of their 11 uh, Champions League matches as well. But they do average a goal and a half on the road, so I, I definitely look for um, a more up-tempo. This one stayed under. I definitely like goals in the return leg, so I, I definitely like the over one first half. I can see a uh, definitely see Leipzig getting on the board. I can even see Spurs equalizing. One of those where we can go into halftime one-to-one. Uh, the over 2.5, 2.75, or three. I um, also like the either the Leipzig team total over two or the both teams to score. Uh, that's just it's been a, a moneymaker when you get these two sides together that just can't seem to keep the other uh, from hitting the back of the net. So uh, that being said, I definitely look for uh, goals um, early and often in this uh, return leg. And um, I can see Leipzig um, getting the victory, but I, I don't think Tottenham's just going to uh, roll over and allow them to uh, take it without much of a fight, especially with Mourinho at the, uh, at the top of the helm. All right, Charles, uh, talk to me about the other game today, you know, Valencia against Atalanta. But here's the thing. Atalanta's already up 4-1 on aggregate, right, yeah. from the first game. Exactly, so yeah. talk to me, two questions. One, in general, how does that change the way they play? I mean, they've got a three-goal lead. So when you look at the lines for this individual game, how much do you have to factor that the score is already 4-1? to one? And then also, this is a team from Syria A. Ah, Right, so are they a hundred percent? Are they healthy? Are they able to travel? Did they travel late? You know that sort of thing, because we know what's going on in Italy with coronavirus. Yeah. So talk to me about any impact for this team, and how do you cap a game when they're already up four to one? Mm. Yeah, they're a, a northern team as well, Ooh. so they're really one that's been quarantined. Yeah. So, um, but as far as I have read, I don't see that it's they don't have any key injuries, anything like that, uh, anything that would. Uh, prohibit them from giving maximum effort um, when they um, when you know they travel to Spain. But as far as a four one, I usually try. I, I don't put much stock in this one because normally, if it's high school in the first go round, um, we're going to see a more cagier affair. You know, Atlanta, I think they are high flying. They like to push forward. They like to score goals. But uh, being a Serie A team, they are do hang their hats on defense. So I could definitely see them uh, putting more of a uh, uh, emphasis on defense in this particular matchup. 
um, just playing back, maybe letting Valencia have uh, two-thirds of the possession, just keeping everything in front of them and then just trying to get out of there. Uh, probably could be a Valencia 1-0, something like that. Everyone's expecting goals. I think it's going to be more of a, uh, a cagier affair, having the large lead, uh, just getting across the finish line uh, as well. Without they can, they can allow Valencia to win 1-0, 2-0, and uh, right. still uh, get away to the next round. So um, that's definitely the way I, I look at those ones that have the big significant leads going into the return fixtures. All right, Charles, we got about uh, 30 seconds here. So I know that uh, you mentioned the game uh, tomorrow. So uh, give us, uh, give, what are we playing here tomorrow? Love this one. This one stayed uh, 2-1 before. The The title was 3.5 the last time. I love this one to go over as well. Um, both teams are going to be pushing forward. The 1.25 or 1.5 first half, the 3.25 or 3.5 full time. Also like the both teams are scoring over 2.5. Dortmund team total over 1.5. Uh, like I said, look at Dortmund, get good value, three to one. Mm. Uh, you can also mm. look at them on the goal line as well. And Atletico Madrid, they're going to give Liverpool all they can handle. Penguins tonight in the NHL, back them with everything you have. <laughs> Love it. Charles Michel, always a pleasure, brother. Good luck with your plays, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Charles. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dane. You got it, Charles Michel. Love a little soccer going on. I'm actually making those plays right now. We'll nice. recap them if you missed it. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Charles, I've already uh, gone ahead and uh, dropped a uh, dropped a couple of bets there on uh, on his plays. Certainly uh, today with uh, Tottenham not in current form, so I took the total goals over one and a half and the uh, both teams to score there. So we'll see how that goes uh, a little bit later today at four o'clock. And let us not forget, of course, uh, the uh, the stage is set here for tonight when it comes to college hoops. We got ourselves. A championship matchup that a lot of the other teams on the bubble, uh, you know, Dane had mentioned earlier, when it comes to St. Mary's having beat BYU, getting ready to take on the, the Zags tonight, that's an automatic bid, whoever wins the Western Conference. So if it's the Zags, no harm, no foul, then St. Mary's, BYU, they kind of drop into that pool with just about everyone else on the bubble. And then there's decisions to be made on Sunday, Dane. But man, if St. If 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 uh, if St. Mary's wins, then man, oh man, it's uh, there is going to be all sorts of uh, aggravation happening there. And uh, joining us now here, Dane, I believe is he in studio with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right now, listen, I'm a little scared to be quite honest. Okay, because be 
Yeah, well, well, listen, not it's a featherweight, okay? But anytime you have an undefeated featherweight in the building, you know, I gotta, I gotta be on my p's and q's. But we do have AJ McKee right now. How you doing? Uh, how you doing this morning? Doing great. How about yourself? Good, good, good. So first of all, everything I know about mixed martial arts, dudes don't go undefeated. Everybody has losses, right? No, yeah. it's very hard to have a zero next to your name, right? So talk to me about talk to me about just the grind now at 16 and 0. You know, has every fight been harder than the last or, you know, what was the toughest one to get through or was it all kind of just clear sail into this perfect record? Um, I mean, like anything, everything has its up and downs. So there there's been a point where I was literally in a fight and I didn't want to fight. What? But, uh, what do you mean? Yeah, it was crazy. I sat on the stool after the first round and was looking at my dad. I was like, dude, what am I doing? Anyway? What's going through your head at that moment? Okay. I just didn't want to be in there, you know, but um, with, with the situation that was at hand, I just had to go out there and do what, whatever. And then I what saw. happened in the next round? I just took the dude down. There you go. Him. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. I just took him down. But uh, yeah, man, it, it has its up and ups and downs, but uh, for the most part now, it's it's just grind, you know. I train twice a day. I kind of just know my calling, know know what I'm here to do, and know my purpose. So uh, it, it's all nothing but uphill from here. Awesome. Well, you got uh, you got yourself a fight coming up, obviously in June there with uh, against uh, Darian Caldwell. What do we know about Darian Caldwell, and what is uh, what is your game plan going into this fight? How we, how do you plan on stopping him, and what do you think he's going to try to do to stop you? Um, he's a great wrestler, so uh, he likes to he likes to kind of play the angles, bounce around, and sneak out with a takedown at the end of each round. Um, so for me, I'm. I'm just looking forward to going in there. I'm gonna put on a great show. I already told him I was like, I'm gonna knock you the hell out. So nice. When, when, it, when it comes time to getting in that cage with me, man, he, he's gonna have a, a little beast in front of him to deal with. Um, he's a great champ. You know, I've watched his entire wrestling career, but uh, this is mixed martial arts, and it's gonna take literally the mix of the arts to step in there and tango with me. And that's the thing I wanted to ask you, AJ, right? Because I see in your background you have wrestling, you have judo, karate, boxing. Did you growing up? Right, growing up, were you doing all of those things coming up, or did you realize you needed to add disciplines as you turned pro? Talk to me, like, were you a boxer or a wrestler growing up? How did you learn all these different disciplines? So my, my father was a first-generation fighter. He, okay. was, he was fighting back in the day with wrestling shoes when him and Hoist were mm. fighting with nice. in geese and wrestling shoes. So um, I guess it's just in my blood, you know? Um, I, I grew up wrestling as a kid, doing a little bit of judo, jujitsu, and then Started to fight, and my dad's like, I don't want you fighting, man. This is, this is a crazy this is a cra crazy world. Don't you know do like I, mean? I did. Yeah, right. he's like, don't do it. I'm like, Dad, what else do you think I'm going to do? So uh, 18th birthday, a week after, I had my first amateur fight. This was kind of before amateur was around. I mean, we were doing amateur fights when I was probably like 11, 12. We'd go to like, like backyards and stuff? Yeah, yeah. We would go to like other gyms, and like it would be our gym versus them, their gym. Be, yeah, just like your yeah. best versus our best? Let's yeah, get it. Yeah, pretty crazy. Like, like a like. dancing or a cheerleading <laughs> contest or a dance contest. Put them up and make it happen. Yeah, so. That's awesome. That was that. And then uh, I went to college for a year, dropped out, and I was like, you know what? I, a degree's not going to help me in anything in mixed martial arts. So uh, I just, mm. at that point, kind of went in and. Gave it full force for mixed martial arts. I've just been on that journey since up, then. 
How'd you hook up with Bellator, man? How did you, you know, there, there seems to be this this thought that, you know, like, Bella, you want to get the UFC. But everybody I've talked to from Bellator loves Bellator, loves being in there. And they really have absolutely no desire to kind of switch. How did you get into Bellator? Yeah, so Scott Coker, the president, he actually came to my last amateur fight, which was uh, my second title fight. So the previous week I fought for a title and then had another title fight the following week. And he, he came to my last fight. I picked the dude up by his neck and choked him out with a guillotine. <laughs> he was like, sign him. And I was like, yeah. So, An yeah, impressive so was, victory to say yeah, the so least. That, that was the beginning and the introduction to AJ McKee. So let me ask you this, AJ. You're 16-0 and 0 right now, right? Um, but five by decision, right? Five by submission, six by kind of just regular knockout. Which do you like best? Do you like knocking a dude out, or do you like seeing him tap out better? Um, I don't know. I feel like jujitsu is always my go-to, but I'm always trying to put on a good show for the fans, so it's always nice to knock someone out, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's supply and demand, man. You know what I mean? You got to give the people what they want. They give the organization what they want, and then they look out for you as well. So let's say you're going to get through this fight, right, in June. You're going to, you're going to win this fight. You're going to, he's going to try to wrestle you. You're going to choke him out. It's going to be the end of it. What is the future hold for you, AJ? I mean, where, where are we looking to go when it's all said and done in a year from now? Where, where does AJ want to be? AJ wants to be, man, just well-established, um, money invested, and, and not having to go fight for fight, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of guys mm. depend on fighting, so mm. I think just – Changing the aspect up and really becoming a business businessman on a, a, a different standpoint. But uh, that champ champ sounds real good. So uh, I got a couple titles to conquer and, and see where things go. Trying to get a Snickers deal. Okay. I mean? nice. I'd be the first one to bring Snickers in the MMA cage. So hopefully, hopefully we can work something out. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, and then if you're getting a little antsy in your training camps, you can get that Snickers, oh, calm I, yourself down and stuff. I eat them all day. It's a That's problem. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. Let me ask you this, right? Because generally you take, what, three, four months in between fights, right? Yeah. What is it like after you go through a war like that, right? Whether win or lose, knockout, submission, whatever it is. Talk to me. What is it like the week after a fight? When, how much time do you take off before you're back in the gym? What is that part of it like that other part of the cycle before you're getting ready and getting up and training for the next one? I mean, my last fights, I've, I've had a tendency to go to the gym literally the same week after the really? fight. Really? Yeah, I, I can't. No rest for the weary. Nah, this is, this is all I've known my entire life, so it's literally a lifestyle for me, you know? Um, if I'm not fighting, then it's a teammate fighting, so uh, it, it's just helping them prepare and, and get ready when, when it's their time to shine as well. Where are you where are you training at, man? And um, and how is that going? Because the downtime, I imagine, has got to be. You know, at what point do you go? All right, let's look. Like, can we get this damn fight going? Like we, you know, June is right around the corner, but it's not. So what's that like? Where are you training at right now? Um, I train out a body shop in Lakewood, California. So uh, Long Beach. It's I was born and raised there. Um, my dad has a gym. We also train at a gym called Metroflex. It's more of a weightlifter gym. But uh, we have the cage in the middle. It, it's a pretty nice setup. Um, it's, it's a real nice setup. Okay. And, and you're a featherweight right now, but you're only like 23, 24 years old, right? As you get older and older, do you think you're going to put on more weight? Would you ever want to hop to the, the higher weight class? Or do you see yourself only as a featherweight for the entirety of your career? No, nah, I'm definitely going to go up to 155 pounds. Okay. That, that champ champ looks real good. So I, I got two belts to take care of. And... Uh, 
honestly, before the tournament, I was I was gonna move up to 155 pounds. Uh, my t- one of my best friends growing up, Pico, he was he was gonna be in the tournament, and then mm-hmm. I was supposed to fight for the title and then move up to 55s. But uh, some things changed, and here we are in the present moment. And this is the semifinals you're now in in the tournament. Is that correct? Is that where we are in this tournament, right? And tell me about this idea to bring together. Because, you know, in the UFC, we don't see this as much big-time tournaments of people. Your last two fights have been in this tournament. You're now in the semifinals. What was the idea to put this all together? I'd say Scott Croker, man. It goes back to the pride days. He he knows exactly what he's doing. He puts on a great show and... uh, it was it was a little different, you know. Everyone got to pick where they wanted to fight, when they wanted to fight. So it gave the fighters an opportunity to kind of set their own path within the tournament and see where they wanted to be. Awesome. Yeah, it also showed a couple of dudes passing you over. No, there were some guys there that didn't want anything to do with you. I mean, that had to be pretty interesting, too. Yeah, it was comical, man. A couple of guys, they, they like to run their mouth a little bit. But when it, come, <laughs> when it comes time to stepping in that cage, they, they really, all that smack talking goes out the window. But, uh, I, hey, like I said, at the end of the day, one of these guys has to get locked in that cage with me. And when that yep. time comes, they know it's nothing but business. I call it my playpen. I'm okay, okay. Yeah, okay. That's, where you do, that's where you have your fun. All right, but at 5'10", like 145 pounds, right? Have you, has anyone ever stepped to you like in public? You know, yeah. not knowing who you truly are, right? Yeah, Just seeing a random <laughs> dude at a bar, on the street, at the movies, whatever. Like, has that ever happened? Yeah, it and happens th- a lot. It does. It happens a lot. It does. And then how quickly do they, because I mean, you don't. You know, I, I just kind of like try to keep the situation calm and let them know, like, dude, I'm not the one. I'm not Relax. the one. Just, everything's okay. Like, just, just look, yeah. go your way. I'm going to go my way. Like, just leave it alone. I, I need you work. on speed dial just in case, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a club in uh, Hollywood, so. Right. I really got oh, tried yeah. And there. you got tested. Oh, very <laughs> You've got so. nothing to do but step up there. Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, all right, AJ, thanks for spending a couple of minutes for us, and good luck to you. And continuing on, get the next two and take this tournament down. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Got to beat that eight seconds, AJ. Got to beat that eight seconds. Man, I, man. All I right. think the eight, section, the eight seconds was negotiable, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> good luck to you, man. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us, Thanks AJ. for having me. All right, awesome. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in. I want to thank uh, AJ and the D stopping by June 6th. Bellator 245. I ain't messing with him, Joe. I ain't messing with uh, him. Two fights ago, he has the record uh, for the fastest chokeout in Bellator history, guys, in eight <laughs> seconds. Like, he choked the dude out in eight seconds. I don't think I could walk rec- to the other side of the damn cage in eight seconds, Joe. 
dude, crazy. Just have, and he's not a, a bigger dude than everyone. Like the right. dude was his side, chucked him out in eight seconds, man. So uh, that should be an interesting fight. Darren Caldwell, that's going to be June 6th. As we get closer to it, we'll, of course, we'll, uh, we'll monitor it and uh, figure out what the odds are and how we can go ahead and uh, profit from his ridiculousness uh, that is choking dudes out in eight seconds. But sure. we do have some basketball, of course, today, college hoops, NBA games across the board. So we'll line them up and we'll uh, we'll run through as many as we can. Of course, tonight we'll start with the Western Conference Championship, where a lot of folks are uh, they are getting ready, man. It is uh, it is the Zags people. They have an opportunity to enact some revenge on St. Mary's from last year, who beat them in this very game. Of course, St. Mary's gets the automatic bid. Then you know the Zags had to go ahead and get an at-large bid. Right. So. This year, if they win it, the Zags, they, boom, they get the automatic bid, and then that will help an awful lot of other bubble teams that are out there in different conferences. But this is a game that I think that is going to be, uh, you could not find two teams that are more familiar with each other, that sure. understand what's going on, been there, done that. I don't, it would be very hard for me to go against the Zags in this spot, knowing the revenge factor, uh, knowing that they already won both meetings this season by 10 and 30 points. Mm -hmm. um, they know what St. Mary's is all about, and I do not think under any circumstances are they going to take their foot off the gas here uh, tonight. They've got so many weapons. They can hit from the outside. They can play inside the paint. They're going to dictate tempo. They're not going to allow St. Mary's to dictate tempo like BYU did last night. So to me, and listen, love Jordan Ford, great stuff, but they're what outside of Jordan Ford are they going to have? Right. Because they're not going to let him beat them. So what what else do they have? And, you know, the answer is nothing, obviously, which is why they've won by 30 and 10 already in their two games this year. I think we get one that's uh, a little bit closer to the 30 than we do the 10. I think they're going to want to uh, stick their foot down. Really? And they're going to want to eliminate St. Mary's and, uh, and exact some revenge from losing to them last year in this game. Yeah, that makes sense to me, too. I don't see a line up for this one just yet, Joe. But mm. what I do know is if Gonzaga doesn't win this one, I think they're going to fall off the one line. You know what I mean? Because your major conference champions, your Kansases, your Dayton's, the Big Ten champ, maybe Kentucky, who is now, what, number six in the country, if they get through and win the SEC, the ACC champion, if it's Florida State or Duke, they may be able to hop over Gonzaga if they don't get the job done. So, ironically, both of these teams have a ton to play for. The Gales may not get in if they don't win the conference tournament bid. And the Zags, they, I, I mean, they could fall off the one line if they defecate the matches in an upset tonight. Interesting, uh, too. Another game uh, going ACC. We had told you earlier tonight, guys, about the uh, earlier in the show, we had told you about North Carolina taking on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech starts out like a house of fire this year and then just collapses over the final month and a half while North Carolina kind of reversed. They, they had so much hope. They got some injuries and then it all fell apart for them. But they have played really well. As of late, the Sharps seem to be putting their money and their where their mouth is backing North Carolina as that that number continues to rise, opening up at two and a half. We're seeing three and a halfs across the board. It's up the to other four one, now course, on FanDuel, Joe. Is Carolina laying four. four. And it's going to keep going. There's going to get a lot of love here for the uh, for North Carolina, as well they should. They're in much better form 
than what Virginia Tech is. And that is also the story in the Pittsburgh-Wake Forest game in the ACC, the other matchup here tonight. The Panthers have lost seven games in a row. Um, they also they also lost the only matchup of the year that they had against Wake Forest, 69 uh-huh. to 65 at home. That was in uh, early January. Pittsburgh is filled with nothing but freshmen and sophomores. They are one of the youngest teams in the country, one of the most experienced, te- inexperienced teams rather in the country. They don't know how to win those close games yet. Seven of their 16 ACC losses were by eight points or less. That will come. Pittsburgh is a team. You need to remember next year, all of this is going to be good for them. But to me, man, listen, Wake Forest, you've got an experienced point guard in Brandon Childress. You got a guy that can score. He's older. He's a guy that can, he's been there, done this in this spot. To me, this game is all Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. It's not a big number, Dane. I mean, believe it or not, it's, it's a, in fact, Pittsburgh is the favorite. I've got Pittsburgh minus one in this one. And then one of the other things we talked about, Joe, don't forget, this game is in North Carolina, in Greensboro, okay? So um, not a full-on home game for the Demon Deacons, but certainly uh, less distance to travel than Pittsburgh. Yeah, and and listen, it is a pick in a lot of sense. Neither of these two teams are going to dazzle you, but – Given the experience of Wake Forest, I love Childress in this spot, and uh, I just don't trust I don't trust Pittsburgh uh, here at all. So to me, I got no problem backing uh, Wake Forest and uh, getting the job done. And we do want to remind you, too, we had told you last night, 8-1 and one to the under, yes. neutral site games. Yes. Those games today that are in the exact same boat, Niagara-Marist, Iona-Canisius, we told you Virginia Tech, North Carolina, even though, of course, North Carolina is at home. Right. Fairfield, Manhattan, Forest, Wake Forest and Pittsburgh we're talking about. Howard, South Carolina State and Maryland Eastern Shores versus Delaware State. These are neutral court games. These are teams that have been playing all week long in yep. their conference tournaments. Um, so uh, take a look at some of these games here tonight. Take a look at the unders. There is definitely an edge to be had in some of these games here tonight. And we talked about it earlier. Big shout out to the Iona Gales turning it around uh, at the end of the season and making a push. They um, they should have no problem, Iona, winning this game here tonight against Canisius, who is one of the worst teams in the MEAC. I expect Iona to win. I'm shocked it's only three, Dane. I don't know if it's still three. It opened up that. Uh, but I'm shocked if it stays there. Iona's going to win this game rather easily, I believe. Still at three for me. I will remind everybody, this is one of those games taking place at a neutral site in Atlantic City at Boardwalk Hall. So remember, a different arena for them both. Joe, just like you're saying, I'm on these unders tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And this is definitely going to be uh, one of them that I'm going to look at. Uh, I know some people are loving Canisius. You know, they re- they won a couple of games late in the season. Just Everyone don't tell Alex Fasano. Not me, man. Give me the Iona Gales to get the uh, get the job done. And then when we look into uh, into the NBA here, Dane, tonight, a couple yeah. of obviously big matchups. We'll start with the late game. Uh, the Lakers taking on the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the Lakers... Isn't there Coach Ty Lu on the bench with the Lakers? Isn't he somewhere around there? Or where no. is? Oh, oh, I'm just. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a tryout for the next uh, head coach. You never coach know. Guy. There is an opening. There, there is, is an, an opening. opening. And Kyrie says that Ty Lue would make a great. You know, Tyron Lue would make a great coach. 
for the Brooklyn Nets. And, uh, well, maybe they'll cut a deal tonight. What Although do you know? I don't see... I don't see Brooklyn uh, holding water here in this matchup tonight. This is going to be a tough game for them. Yeah, this is a tough task. Remember, going on the road into the Staples Center, LeBron and the Lakers have been on a mission recently. It's a big number to lay, but, you know, good wins, good teams win, great teams cover. I'm on Memphis tonight, Joe. I don't think Orlando's good enough to go on the road. I just don't think they're good enough to go on the road to a quality playoff opponent. And remember, Memphis needs to stay hot in order to kind of uh, keep pace. There's a lot of teams nipping at their heels. They have a difficult schedule the rest of the way. Home game against Orlando, they got to get it done. I'm not scared about two and a half. I'll lay it for the Grizzlies. Yeah, and I think, uh, of course, the game of the night, guys, that Celtics-Indiana game is going to be real interesting. Early game, 7 p.m. tonight. Celtics uh, laying a point or point and a half on the road against Indiana. Celtics losers of their last two. Indiana has rattled off six, uh, six out of their last seven, getting a little healthier. This is going to be a war here tonight, especially given the fact that Indiana dropped 122 points on Boston last time they played. They're, good. They're a little healthier now, Boston, for the first time. So I do like the Celtics to get the job done here on the road tonight against the Indiana Pacers. I'm on Boston as well. You know, they're a team that I am kind of riding. But remember, the three through six in the Eastern Conference is only separated by four games. Both Boston and the Pacers are among them. So this is a big-time game in Indiana tonight. Yeah, also, uh, don't know the status, but keep an eye, guys, with Golden State getting 11 and a half against the Clippers here tonight in Golden State. Uh, Steph Curry is back. He had the flu. No word uh, on whether or not he is going to go, but certainly something you want to keep an eye on. Not sure if there's any load management involved, but uh, they were quite obviously a different team with Steph Curry on the floor than without him. So it's certainly worth uh, getting the injury report and figuring it out. And then again, how do you go against the Portland Trailblazers tonight at home uh, in a game that they've got to win? they got to be able right. to win this game against Phoenix here tonight to continue to push for that number eight seed. Yeah, Portland hanging by a thread. You know, I mean, they're four and a half games back of Memphis for that eight spot. But at the same time, the Pelicans are there. The Kings are there. The Spurs are there. So they cannot afford to trip up tonight in the game that they should win. Yeah, they better win, absolutely. And the Wizards at home told you I like uh, Washington, but I like the under in this. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of pushback from the uh, from the public. They're going to they're going to see Wizards. They're going to bet over. I think it's going to be overinflated. They uh, they don't play to overs at home. So give me the Wizards under tonight against the Knicks. But you're not taking the Knicks, are you? No, God, no. Okay. No, I do What are you nuts? We're sticking yeah, to totals. No. And I, listen, yeah, no. to me, it's so weird, though, Joe. The Wizards total is 227. And then that right. Timberwolves Rockets game at 244 and mm -hmm. a half. Now, I know Houston will chuck it up, but a lot of things need to drop for them to hit that total. Yeah, I, listen, Minnesota's been great. I do not trust the Houston Rockets whatsoever, especially not laying 12 and a half points here. I might sign with Minnesota to take. Give me the points with the Timberwolves tonight in that game. We'll have uh, much more tomorrow for you. Of course, morning after is next. Dane and I will be back tomorrow getting it all squared away for you. Thank you, Charles Michelle. Uh, thank you, Jake. Hey, going to be one hell of a fellow friend. That's it, man. Be good, guys. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.